Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solve. We have another episode on real people, real stories, real value. And I have a great pleasure to introduce Lily Boyanova. How are you, Lily? Hi, Lee. I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me here. No, honestly, the pleasure is all mine. But for those people who don't know who Lily is, who is Lily and how has she got to that seat that you're sat in today? So my name is Lily Buyanova and my surname is Bulgarian. So I come from Bulgaria. However, I live in Winchester in England. So Hampshire, lovely place of the UK. And I came here in 2007 and I am right now, I have two hats. So I'm serving as a chief marketing and innovation officer for the human workplace. And I do that for three days a week, roughly. And then the other two, I'm known as Wholeheartedly Lily on Instagram. And I have my Wholehearted Lead uh, business, which is coaching and consulting for learning and leadership. Perfect. No, so, so thank you for that. So that's, that's what you do now. But I guess, how did you get to do what you do? What's your journey to the seats that you find yourself in? Thank you. Thank you for reminding me the full scope of the question. So I came in 2007 in in the UK and um, actually, you know, that's that's a big turning point. You know, I changed location. I came in this country and I decided to, um, you know, create value in the world. And in that process, I had a career in marketing, about 10 years working for IT and finance organizations, helping them scale. So I, some of my clients were Fujitsu, PayPal, American Express, Hewlett Packard, really big organizations helping them embed technologies and train their people in a way that their marketing function is scalable. Yeah. And then I had a turning point when I had a son, my son who is now four and a half, he'll be five this December. So I was with somebody for eight years. We met at university, a really, you know, story kind of fairy tale story, I'd say. And uh, we bought a house. And then when my son was nine months old, my, my ex left. So his dad left. And so I became a single mom. And so for me, that was a, like another big part of my personal story as a, as a parent, as a human being, but also as a leader and kind of really got me to question actually how I'm going to face the stigma that the single mom has uh, and how I, how I will cope with it. What's the kind of parent I will be, how I will show up in the world and how I will actually make value and create value for myself and for my family of two at the time. So that was a huge, huge, I think, year for me in 2016, 2017, uh, when I was going through that transition and uh, you know, a lot of kind of digging deep. And actually, I went back to work, I decided, you know, what I did best is actually pull myself together and shine in my professional light. And that helped uh, my parenting as well. 
my the business at the time was kind of semi-supportive. However, I did as a single parent needed to go pick up my son when he was ill to, you know, to look after him on a day that he wasn't well. And there was a lot of kind of settling him into a daycare for me to go to a full-time job. And I remember having some conversations, having some reviews, and that was really used as an excuse for me not to be promoted, not to be given pay rise, not to be really um, uh, given the opportunities that I wanted to. And I really, it really got to me. Like I, I loved the people I worked with. I loved the business. It was a small, cons- you know, consulting business, and I really loved the work. I loved the team. I loved the people. But there was something about the system that this this business was in and actually workplaces a lot of the time are in that actually doesn't give equal chance to everybody based on their circumstances. And I just really, it didn't sit well with me to, you know, be disadvantaged because I had to actually raise a child. And so that was like a big, like sort of break, handbrake and like turning point in my kind of career journey because I decided to really seek a way to integrate work as part of my life, integrate my parenting as part of my work and just seek ways to help others and help myself really to be able to provide value despite or in fact because of the fact that they're also a parent. And so in my journey of finding out how that would work out, I met somebody who you interviewed recently, Karen Ross. And you know what kind of energy she's got, but she's the kind of person that... I was like really believing and that you can change the world, you can improve the world. And I just, since then, I've started to work with people like her, leaders, uh, people that have a voice, people, entrepreneurs, small businesses, people that are, you know, wanting to grow, but to help them create a system where their employees, their people can really strive for excellence and to really strive to deliver good value and take all of themselves, the whole selves, uh, as part of that, you know, no matter if they're raising a child on their own, no matter if they're having other caring responsibilities, whatever their story is, we all have a story, right? And we don't yeah. just turn the buttons off that story when we go to work. Actually, that, that story makes us who we are and actually makes us deliver value in a certain way at the work at workplace. So that's kind of how I am here, helping a human workplace make work more human. And for me, helping put my whole heart, you know, wholeheartedly put my whole heart into all parts of my life by actually integrating them. I love that. Thank you, Thank you so much for sharing that. And are you okay if we just dip into your into your history a little bit to just uncover a little bit more about, about Lily? Because when you started your story, you started at, um, at 2007 when you, when you came over to the UK. Um, what was your reasons for that and how, how, what was the, yeah, did, was there a compelling reason that, that you wanted to come over to the UK? Um, and, and how was that for you coming up, coming here? Yeah, thank you for that question. So my, my dad was always traveling. He, you know, Bulgaria, post-communism. So I was born in the eighties, post-communism. Um, my parents really struggled to basically, you know, with the basics. Um, and so my dad was, he spoke fluent German. And so he was traveling back and forth, finding work, whatever he could. And for him, for my family, if, if all we begin with is our own families, learning to learn a language was a key, a key value, you know, learning, learn language, learning, and that kind of 
uh, my dad always used to say, you know, you are a citizen of the world, not necessarily a Bulgaria. So I always had a sense in me that I wouldn't stay and live there. And so I started to learn and I went to university there. Um, but it was it was just it was just difficult for me to imagine a life because I knew multiple stories after stories of people graduating with a really good degree for the country that were struggling to find opportunities for themselves. So, you know, I I just had to question and see, you know, how can I create a, a easier, better life than I had as a child. So my, you know, my childhood wasn't the happiest childhood because my parents were really stressed about money. And so really for me was actually, how can I seek? And like any, I think any generation, we always as generations want to have a better life than their parents did, right? So that was kind of in me pursuing that, that we had family friends in London and I decided to come for a summer and then I decided to stay, applied for university and kind of requalified myself here. And how was that for you? It was not easy. It was not easy, actually. It was not, um, you know, I, so I studied. So my dad had put all of, all of the money that they could earn into my private education to learn English. So I had taken a lot of like the exams and I knew English, but just coming to London and, you know, it was a big, big cultural shock. It was a language like that I needed to listen in in a different way, not to native, you know, Bulgarian teachers, um, but also the culture. The culture is super different, super different for me at the time. Um, you know, thinking back, thinking back, actually, I think I was really lucky that I met lots of great people. <laughs> you know, I met in my degree, and, you know, I met people from all over the world, actually, from South Africa and Australia and all over the world in London, but also people native, you know, people from London, people from up north and places that would give me different aspects of what it's like to, to, to live here. Um, you know, I remember I, I did struggle and actually the one thing that kept me sane, so I started my degree and it was so much to learn, you know, and when you actually don't have a full grasp of the language together with learning economics, that's not an easy thing to do. So I remember I have like pages of pages of those journals. Um, the one thing I learned today, because I, all I could think of, if I just learn one thing for that one day, it will be okay, you know, because over the year, that's 365 new things I didn't know yesterday, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it kind of, I kept myself going, but it wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing to go through. Do you still carry on that practice of one thing a day or was that at that point? I do. Yeah, I do. I do love that. I always talk about that. And, you know, serendipity brought me to continuous improvement only in 2019. So only two years ago, I kind of went into this, this practice um, that is a whole profession I didn't know about, but actually continuously building on the skills and the one thing and the next step for tomorrow has always been part of my personal practice. And I think it's almost like a coping mechanism <laughs> what kind of keeps me going that there's so much that we take as people, as parents, as humans, as friends, as partners, that, um, you know, there's the one thing that we can make better in, in, in any one given day that, um, that I think together that, that could change the world, right? Yeah, no, perfect. No, thank you. When you, when you made a decision to, to come to the UK, were your parents supportive of that? Um, 
you know, <laughs> they wanted me to, to succeed and grow and they understand my reason, but they weren't, you know, they were really worried. They were really worried because they would feel completely helpless. And I came with 300 pounds, one-way ticket, and not a lot of plan. <laughs> that was it. So for 2007, 300 pounds, you know, obviously we've had inflation, but it wasn't a lot. I remember within like the first 10 days, I was, I kept buying Ulster cards to give my CV around. And I found a job at a uh, hotel as a, as a housekeeping slash reception, you know, however many hours they could give me, I would take it. And it wasn't easy. My parents were they were like, well, this is all we can do right now. And please, can you call us and tell us what's going on? So um, they were supportive and hopeful, but I think they were also really, really worried. Yeah. Have you always been independent, Lily? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely have always been independent and um, sort of self, self, self-driven. Um I just, I just remember, I remember a lot of child, childhood memories, those summers in between school, and you know, some of my friends would go to like summer camps and and places like that. I wouldn't be able to go because of resource. And for me, I knew there is a way out. I knew that we can have freedom, um, we can do what we love, we can achieve things. You know, I, I remember writing poems and writing stories and just dreaming about this kind of world that I can create for myself and I knew that actually nobody else would hand me things um just not not from from anywhere that I would receive anything so I had to enable myself to put myself in the right position to 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 provide that for myself and for one day a family which now Alex my son is and and I also have a fiance right now and a stepdaughter um so kind of learning that new dynamic but yeah yeah, amazing, amazing. You, you you come across as a confident um, individual, and to take those steps at that point in time um, also suggests you were confident and independent. Um, have you always been confident? Uh, confidence is something that I'm still working on. You know, as we do new things, I think a lot of people can probably relate. You know, confidence and capability sometimes complain play, play and actually I would argue that confidence comes first then capability but a lot of people see it the other way around and they think actually if I'm capable then I will be confident and so for me that's been a personal like journey for practicing and 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 having opportunities and actually this conversation in 2020 I, I went on lunch with 100 new people and every time, 100 times, I'll hear another story and I learn something from another person, but I also will learn something about myself. Um, and that, that's something that I think gives confidence, the ability to own your own story and tell it with conviction because it's your own, but see the light in it, you know, see what, what matters, put it together in a way that, that maybe can inspire or impact the other person on the other side. Yeah, completely. Really powerful. Really powerful. So, so let's just carry on your story a little bit, because then you then you spoke about the fairy tale romance, the university, and and then the birth of Alex had been a, a pivotal moment in your life and your perspective. Um, it sounds like it, it shifted at that point in time. Um, what would you say the biggest change was? Do you know? I think as a parent, I almost had 
an identity crisis because I was this, um, I was so attached to striving and performing and doing a lot. And suddenly as a mom, I really had to slow down and spend a lot more time in a nurturing role. And, you know, thinking about it, I didn't necessarily understand that's a good thing because I've seen my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom and, you know, I was aspiring to be somebody with a career. And so that sort of, nobody warned me, you know, <laughs> like you have a child and you sort of go through that identity crisis. And and then I, I thought I was with somebody who was my best friend at, at the time. And, you know, I, I knew I've seen the story of my family and that, that struggles are a normal part of life, having children struggling and uh, finding things out a normal part of life. So I never expected, same as my parents are still together. And I didn't expect that it would just go like the way it went. And so I have a quote here that I keep on my, from a song really, that I keep on my, um, on my desk to remind me of that journey. But it's that we can only meet another as deep as we've met ourselves. Oh, wow. And so really for me, that was the biggest turning point that, you know, I had all the tools. Nowadays we can access everything, right? So Googling, you know, personal why, why do I exist? You know, who is my family? You know, um, thinking about my purpose, drawing. I have my purpose over here, kind of, you know, turning lights for other people and all of these things and visually you know how I can surround myself in a way that reminds me of who I really am and I also want to be um, in Bulgarian if you translate single mom the, the direct translation back into English is lonely mom you know in Bulgarian it's a big thing that people just you know it's not that common how I guess in the western world is and so for me that was like a really digging deep into like I said the stereotype understanding what matters to me and and just kind of applying it practicing and I still fail as a parent you know my son is now settling into school and he's going through this big transition and and it's it's challenging right it's really challenging actually nobody gives us qualification of being a good parent um, but I think if we can really deep down understand who we are and what we believe in, what's important to us, and accept that not every day would be the best day, but if we can somehow create a recipe, like for me, I'm like visual, so I need my drawings and I need my posted around. We can create a recipe that we can come back to that. We can come back even if we fail for a week, for a day, and come back to who we are. That we can, we, we, we can get better and we can we can continuously work on how we show up yeah do you think who you are has changed and do you think it will change again or not when are we ever finished right like when yeah when are we ever complete improving or complete learning I mean, if we think about the big discoveries of, of life and science the world is flat and you know, all of the all of the possible discoveries in the world, they were all once considered um, nonsense, right? So yeah. we keep learning about our world and I don't think I'm finished. And I think actually 
none of us are none of us can really have a final say in 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 that but it's this striving continuously seeking going deeper and for me personally i will continue to change you know that inner dimension of, of who i am and how i process things is is impacting i'm noticing i'm also changing the light in my room because of the sun so bear with me one yeah. second it's all good it's all good don't you worry don't you worry there we go. <laughs> there we yeah, go. Worse yeah. or better? No, no, that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So when when you were talking about your journey at the start, you were saying that um, around one of the reasons for you to um, to to move to the UK was for um, more security from a financial perspective, based on based on what you'd seen. And then I was thinking at that point in time, did you link success to financial security? Um, and, and is that a fair assumption to make at that point in time? And has your definition of success changed if that was the case? Yeah, I think it's fair assumption to say that at the time, I it, it was a big part. I mean, if we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the one that we always quote in those circumstances, I knew that my family and myself, we were always at the bottom of the pyramid, you know, seeking to cover basic bills and expenses and, you know, day by day, week by week sort of survive. And so I would, I would, I would definitely say at the time having financial freedom was the, the thing that, that drove me now, you know, I don't know, 14 years later, I think for me back to the pyramid, it's important that we have, the basics and actually this pandemic this last couple of years have shown me and maybe you know I, I assume a lot of others from some conversations but we can actually survive with a lot less than we we thought you know as a woman I've stopped buying high heels and lots of clothes and 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 things like that actually not a lot is needed working now virtually as well and you know, we can really question what's the minimum that at the bottom of the pyramid for us to be okay. You know, I don't drive an expensive car. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily live in a bit, you know, for me, the average, the, the no, you know, the average is okay. And I'm, I'm happy not to upgrade a car or a home or anything, as long as I have ability to upgrade my opportunities, my learnings, you know, the, the, the value, the, the value in connections, in conversations, in, um, kind of magnifying my impact, my voice. These are the things that I would value a lot more now and would be a sign for me that I am free. I'm truly free because I'm free to speak to somebody on the other side of the con you know, continent or yeah. you know, in America, in Seattle, who I work with, with Renee Smith there. And that for me is freedom now. But at the time, I definitely would say that finance was a big part of, of how I started. So how would you define success, Lily? Is it in that freedom? Is it in that connection? Is it in um, turning on the light switches when you when you showed your um, your picture uh, of your purpose? What is what is success to Lily? You know, I've I've gone through a lot of kind of dissecting that, and what like for me, it's important to break it down to like. What are successful days, right? What are successful days to start with? And for me, if I know that I have the freedom, the ability to feed myself and my family 
good. And by good, I don't mean just food, but kindness. You know, you know, Karan Ross, kindness, um, just good energy, um, good, good access to, to information. You know, we're so selective in terms of what we allow as information to come into our home and to be able day to day to feed ourselves with good, our minds, our bodies and our, our hearts, um, that to me is a successful day. And, and it's still a practice, you know, there's so much that happens outside of our control that, you know, we get impacted and we have to sort of test the, the boundaries. Um, and over term, over a long term, success for me is actually to enable others, you know, to help others feed themselves good. And, and whether, you know, I looked into, would I be a nutritionist or, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't have any kind of scientific uh, or, you know, um, education in that space, but the ability to help people to, to do a better choice. It's, it's as simple as that for me right now. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, how old did you say Alex is at the minute? Is it- He'll be five in December. How do you think he would describe you? Ah, that's an interesting question. His vocabulary is amazing lately. Uh, he he would he would always talk about drawing. You know, we, we've been obsessed with drawing and and dotting. And I'm trying to think if he he had a drawing of me the other day. But I don't know <laughs> if, it's, if it's around here. Um, I talk about the five things, and he says, "Oh, mommy, five things are so many to ask of me." But you know, have you have you eaten vegetables today? <laughs> have you been kind today? Uh, have you gone to bed when you feel tired? Because we're learning boundaries there. You know, so I think he will see me as somebody that has a reasonable amount of rules. Yeah. You know, countable, not um, endless, and also somebody that always wants to probably be busy. You know, we we are busy. We go out, we do walks. We sometimes he draws next to me, and I I do some work, and that kind of business often is is part of his life, so maybe that's how he would see me. Yeah. What were the um, What were the other two things of the five? You You said those. Yeah. So it's the, the eating vegetables, the, the going to bed, the um, being kind. Yeah. Uh, the brushing teeth because we have a big problem with that. So look after yourself and brush your teeth. And uh, I have to I have to write. <laughs> Fifth one down. Um, let me have a think. It's okay. It might it might come back to it. I I I would think about it. It's just that we we sometimes I have to be honest with you that I have to change one or two because the brushing teeth is a new one. I didn't know it's a big thing, but yeah. Um, but that comes back to your um, what you were saying earlier on about uh, learning one new thing. And it's all right to keep changing these things. It's about continual right. development and continual learning, isn't it? And that, that's right. been a, that, that's been a, that's been yeah. a thread through the through this whole conversation. And when you start as well, and you, and you shared what you did and who you did it for, you work with leaders, um, and and as parents, we are leaders um, mm. as well. Um, but I'm conscious that that the term leaders is 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 different for everybody and and, and if, if i ask it like 10 people what's the definition of leadership they would be like likely give some similarities but different people find different things within a leader what does leadership mean to you lily 
Do you know, I, I love that you associated leader with a parent as well as, as parents, we are leaders. And I've been reading a lot about kind of child psychology and because I, I struggled in that area as, as a parent to find my way. And I think the statistics was that about 80% of what a parent says does not have any count, like it does not count. It's what they do, how they show up, how they behave is what children soak up, right? And, and I think it's the same as a leader, you know, about 80% of actually what we say, the content of our words and, you know, does not, does not count as much as actually how we show up, how we create safe container for people to really show uh, show themselves to us and and do good things, you know. And for me, a leader is somebody that can enable. I talk about a lot a lot about wholeheartedness in in my practice. And you know, for me, being able to do something with your whole heart is that you you just make choices based on. Uh, opportunity growth and expansion rather than fear and contracting and you know kind of nervousness and hesitancy hesitancy is a big part as well leadership should seek to find where there is hesitance in the system and unpack it and provide more clarity so for me leader is somebody that can always prioritize unapologetically the time to center and ground themselves in a way that that can help them to show up so that they provide, they, they emanate safety, right? Psychological safety is something a lot of businesses talk about right now, but it, it it's with every single individual on an individual level that needs to be unpacked and uncovered so that the whole system and the team can then can then strive for it. So that is quite a leap from a lot of the leaders that I've observed. Um, how would you encourage um, or support a leader to be more comfortable, to be this wholehearted leader to, because um, that, I guess, um, they might have to become a little bit more vulnerable in themselves and what has made them successful or perceived as successful themselves, they need to, um, unlearn and then create new habits and create new behaviors. So, how would you encourage a leader take some steps towards that? If they could learn one thing today and one thing, what what would those few things be? You know, when I think about the path and kind of the both ends of the, if there is an end on the good side, but the where it all started, my first ever job after university, I worked for a technical organization and there was this really high technical person, really capable, but with a lot of emotion, unprocessed emotion. So literally he would throw his paper, stomp out of rooms, out of meetings. And I just remember, you know, the 20 something I was back then, thinking how is it possible for you know for a person middle-aged in this place in their career really capable to act that way and so I've obviously come a long way since and I 
you know, and I know how, how difficult life can get. So I think for me, it's, it's just really prioritizing the so-called soft skills, you know, what is it that triggers us? You know, what is it? And maybe there is a kind of a map that somebody can do for themselves. What's the, what's up pressers of our buttons and why, you know, what, for me, I know sometimes, you know, I would literally sense my physical, sensation is like I'm back at the age of seven and my dad is like sort of patronizingly you know in a really authoritarian manner tells me you can't leave your room before you like learn a hundred new words or you know something and you know whenever I'm in situations where somebody with authority speak in a certain way I get that button pressed but I had to do a lot of analysis and self-conversation with myself and Uncover. So I think it's a it's a process where somebody can daily go back to themselves and literally feel their physical sensations of their body because we're not just thinking beings; we're also physical beings. Think about you know how how does it feel today in this body? You know, and I know some of these things started as a new age kind of things, and they're coming more and more into the workplace nowadays. But it's really about realizing we are three-dimensional beings and actually how can we listen to somebody else if we haven't heard ourselves right what am i today like what how do i feel and what do i need and then asking for help you know i didn't do any of those discoveries on my own and you know i have a personal coach i have a you know i have a counselor i had a life coach i had all of co- i have a kata coach you know i have so much support that have enables me daily to move forward in my personal journey. And I think that asking for help nowadays is not a hard, it's not a hard thing to do. I mean, I, I do some of my work is pro bono. I, I still do coach and train. And I think that right size pricing and, you know, ability to give pay forward is a big part of, of the new way of business, I think. But just, you know, get yourself grounded, center yourself and, and see what you can uncover each and every day about yourself that can help you be a tiny bit better the next day in that same situation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I guess, how do you articulate the benefits? Because a, a lot of leaders, it's got to it's hit the bottom line. It's got to be monetary. Um, but what you're talking about is something far grander uh, and it's, it, it's potentially life-changing for them and the people that, they, that work. Um, with them. I, I read a survey or a study um, just the other week that said, um, I think it was a study in America that said 65% of employees would rather have a new manager than a pay rise. Yeah. And, and I think that's a frightening figure and a, and a, and a frightening start. So when you um, are encouraging and talking about this type of leadership, how do you do it in a way that resonates with a leader to get them to see the benefits of this um uh, of this change in themselves? Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good question. So I think there are two, there are two things. And I think the first one is that maybe, maybe this is just one possibility. You know, I don't know if, if my way, all that I said is the best possible way, but I think if it's, a possibility like an option <laughs> then people can just try it and see for themselves you know i think that actually 
getting really set in our own ways is something that can prevent us all from growing. And so in the same way, I can't be set and certain that this wholehearted way is the right the right way to create better businesses or inspire a team. But I'm far more likely to um, make somebody make a small change if I offer it as, a, as an opportunity. And you're right, you know, people are in the different parts of their lives and journeys. I mean, there is now, I think, the emerging leaders category that they've lived, they've, they've been raised in a, in a different world, in a different education system. Everybody had a medal of some sort, you know, they, they really need that praise. And psychologically, we are evolving as well of, with, the, with the technology that we have around us. So I can't say there is only one way and it's beyond measure, some, some of the impact. But for me, business should exist to, um, to, to, to advance humanity, to improve lives, you know? And I, I, I see it for my personal self because I know how detrimental to my parenting some of my managers have been with the things that I, they've said to me at work. And then I come back, I take care of it. And so I think we should just ask ourselves, like, when do we do better? You know, when, when do I do better? If somebody, is, you know, demands of me and, and puts fear and, you know, treats basically not as an adult, but as, as four-year-old children. They, right now, my son, they put him in a waiting station if he's not, if he's not done, which I, I, is the whole kind of education system. But I think we know from our own personal experience with our partners maybe at home or families that if we are kind if we're loving if we genuine if we say from our heart what like what we struggle with if we ask for help we know from our personal lives that we're more a lot more likely to co-create to collaborate to move forward in in a relationship so somehow in a work environment we have learned stuff that we have to unlearn, right? Things aren't different. We're still social beings. We thrive on this kind of relational field. Even now, I mean, this is phenomenal that we can talk and build connection of online. And I think that if I offer it as a possibility to try, and if I send people to seek examples from their personal life, give me an example when, it's likely that in those moments, people start to see that there is a bigger meaning to how they show up. And that it makes sense that how they show up with their lover, with their family, with their child, not quite need to be that different than how they show up to their team. And so it is a long path, but actually can also be a really short one if people are willing, like you say, to be vulnerable and to ask themselves the right questions. That, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, no, perfect sense. Perfect sense. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. I think uh, it is so important. It comes down to it's all about people. And you just we used the C word then about the connection. Um, and I think it's just about connecting um, with with people on a human level. So no, I, I, love, I love what you do. I love what you stand for. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story with me today. A couple more questions before we finish, though, Lily. Um, what are you having for your tea this evening? So tea will be evening meal. Yeah, got it. I'm already yeah. familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> so for my tea, actual tea after this, I'm having a... Look, oh, this is a complete coincidence. So I'm having this yogi tea and look what it says on the 
Oh yeah, kindness is the gift of life. It says on your tea bag. It's that's a complete accident. I didn't know that actually. It's not staged. (laughs) But I am having. I'm gonna make a moussaka, a vegetarian moussaka. I try once a week to do a kind of Bulgarian cuisine and something that takes a little bit more time. Usually, it's either a Monday or a Friday because Mondays kind of organize your week and life day (laughs) and Friday, you know, rest and enjoy life. So. That's what I'm cooking. I've, I've got some prep already on the go and uh, yeah, and I'm really excited. Hopefully Amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure it will. Does, does Alex, does, is Alex a fan of Bulgarian uh, cuisine? Uh, you know, to the extent that a, a five-year-old can enjoy a yeah. lot of mushy vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> reasonably, I would say that. <laughs> reason why I would say that he he's he's not as picky as he could be as a as a, Amazing. As a yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. love it, love it. No, thank you for that. And if, if people want to find out more about Lily, where would they go? What would they do? What would they find? Uh, the best place right now is LinkedIn. So Lily Buyanova on LinkedIn, but also on Instagram, I'm wholeheartedly underscore Lily. And you can find a bit more about me in terms of my parenting as well as leadership journey on Instagram for sure. Amazing, amazing. Lily, once again, I just want to uh, thank you so much again for your time today, sharing your honest um, story. And, and just allowing us to have that conversation about how you've got to that seat today. It's been an absolute pleasure to understand and learn a little bit more about you. So thank you so much for that. Oh. Good luck with everything that you've got going on. I'm sure it's going to be a massive success. So thank you. Thank you so much, Lee. I, it was a pleasure and I'm, I'm happy to know you. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.